Hello, and welcome to the Mount St. Mary's University podcast, Live Significantly with President Tim Trainer. My name is Bob Brennan. I'm very pleased to be joined by the 26th president of Mount St. Mary's, Tim Trainer. Hello, President Trainer. Howdy, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing great. We're launching this new podcast in order to provide an inside look at the Mount for our students, alumni, parents, and benefactors, and those who want to know a little bit more about our university. In each episode, we'll feature Mount alumni and students who are leading lives of significance. Hello, and welcome to the Mount St. Mary's University podcast, Live Significantly with President Tim Trainer. This is Tim, and I'm very pleased to serve as the 26th president of Mount St. Mary's University. Today, it is my true pleasure to welcome Rafael De La Rada, class of 1992, to the Live Significantly podcast. Rafael graduated from the Mount with a bachelor's degree in English and a minor in philosophy. He obtained his master's in English literature and has been working in the private and public sector for many years. Welcome, Rafael. Thanks, Tim. Now, Rafael, you've had a very strong connection to the Mount for many years. How did you decide this was the school you wanted to attend? And what about the Mount do you love so much? Well, I think my story is a little bit interesting in the sense that the Mount is not where I wanted to be at first. I arrived in the fall of 88, preparing to leave. I wanted a big university experience, something different. Um, but something happened in the course of freshman year. You know, I, made, I put out the applications to other schools, but I underwent something of an epiphany, I think, my freshman year when I was here. Um, had a great roommate freshman year, was really exposed to a bunch of new things that I hadn't anticipated. And so when the responses came in about transferring, didn't really matter. I had found where I wanted to be. You had found where you wanted to be. You know, that's, that's terrific. Um, so, Rafael, why do you think choosing a liberal arts school like the Mount is smart for an incoming college student who is striving to live significantly? Well, I think the smaller school experience gives you an opportunity to see more things. Um, you're immersed in a set of courses that you might not have anticipated taking. Um, the core curriculum, as I experienced it, uh, either by choice or by course requirement forces you to be in uh, courses that you wouldn't ordinarily think you were interested in. And I think the Mount also provides a great sense of community. It's a place you can really wrap your hands around and understand everything that it has to offer. You know, Raphael, I know you're an avid reader. Uh, and can you talk about that some and, and the connection to the liberal arts curriculum, please? Certainly. Um, always was an avid reader, as you say. And I think one of the things that occurred for me while I was at the Mount becoming an English major, uh, you're, you're trained to really plumb the depths of what a particular author is trying to accomplish with the story he's telling, the plot he's putting forth, uh, the message he's trying to convey. You know, we like to make sure our students take what they learn here and apply it to not only their work life, but their everyday life. Raphael, how do you do that? Well, hmm. I would say it might be easier to talk about sort of the manner in which I did apply it in the workplace uh, because I think it was so uh, also kind of an, an epiphany for me. When I, when I got out of graduate school, I got a job as a reporter in Washington, D.C., covering um, really foreign policy issues. And 
So there I am. I'm, I've got to write accurate news stories every day. I wasn't a journalism major. I wasn't a poli sci major. I wasn't a physics major. But one way or another, my the area I was covering was dealing with U.S. government programs to dismantle nuclear weapons in the former Soviet Union, tracking congressional appropriations, the federal budget process. How was I able to do that? I had no practical experience in any of those fields. But I think it was really what I had learned in the Mount, at the Mount, about how you, again, like you were saying as a, as a reader, what is the author trying to do? What is the story he's trying to tell? And you have to really become an expert, get really steeped in these issues, especially when you're reporting on them um, for an, an informed public, uh, for a readership who probably already knows what it is you're reporting, but they just need a little bit more insight from you. That's incredible. You've, ta- you've uh, truly served in some, uh, in some remarkable areas for our country. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. At Mount St. Mary's, the extraordinary experience we have here will create careers and lives that matter out there. Because from the minute we arrive and for every moment that follows, we live significantly. We talked about your connection to the Mount and how you use your liberal arts education in your everyday life, Raphael. Since you have had such a vast amount of experience in the workforce, can you tell us how you have applied your liberal arts education into your work life some more? Well, I I guess uh, I I should talk a little bit about where I went after I was uh, a reporter. Um, There was an organization that I had been covering as a reporter that was a a non-governmental policy-oriented think tank. And you know, I had the, had the great fortune to have a really inspiring and, and dynamic boss who really demanded excellence from all of his employees. And part of our mission was to take hundreds of pages of budget documents or bills coming out of the Congress and distilling them into one to two page summaries that busy Hill staffers, you know, harried congressional staff, um, government officials would really rely upon. And for, I, I guess I could put it this way, one of my professors here, Dr. Ducharme, his main point was that plot makes meaning. And when you're trying to convince someone of something, you know, you have to think about what are the constituent parts of the story you're trying to tell. Um, what do you need to include to get your point across, to get your case across? As an English major and, and, and here at the Mount, you're doing that every day uh, with all the books that you're reading, all the things you're doing, and um, it becomes second nature, almost like muscle memory in, in, in an athlete. And so we would prepare these summaries for, for our audience, and it was always about not just reporting on the facts or what the legislation says, but being predictive in a way. The, 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 the story wasn't, you know, a bill hits the floor. It was, you know, treaty deadline imperiled by funding cuts that adds something to what it is you're trying, what you're trying to explain to people. 
Well, that's remarkable. The kind of things you've uh, worked on, especially at so young an age, uh, right uh, early in your uh, post-college years. So, Raphael, for our current students, what do you think should be their biggest takeaway from the Mount when they graduate and are entering life outside of college? I've I've given this a lot of thought, and, and my answer might be a little contradictory, but I would say let it go, but take it all with you in the sense that when you graduate from the Mount, you should be ready to leave. There's a reason why they call it commencement. Right? You're, you're starting something different. And so be ready to take that next step, go to move on to greater glory. But if you've spent your time here properly, all the lessons you've learned here about how to think, how to be a critical thinker, how to analyze a bunch of disparate information points and to transform it into a kind of coherent mission that will serve you for a lifetime. For those of you who don't know, Raphael has a very generous history with philanthropy, philanthropy excuse me, here at the Mount and beyond. What other philanthropic deeds have you done for communities? Well, it hasn't been just me. My, my, my family's been very, very fortunate. And um, when I left the policy world and join the family business, part of my new responsibilities with the family business was to manage all the philanthropic efforts that my father had begun. Uh, he attended Catholic University, uh, had been very generous with them over the years, so part of my job became managing the administration of funds to the, to the university from our family, making sure that the, the grant agreement was in order, that both sides were doing what both sides were expecting to be done. Um, and I, I got my master's at Catholic too, so there's an affinity that I have, that I have there. Um, you know, in, in, in that regard, I, there was a, uh, an alumni magazine published by Catholic last year, maybe the year before, where it talked about a archive of documents, journals, artwork, paper of a... Uh, a Brazilian journalist and diplomat who, when he died in the beginning part of the 20th century, he bequeathed all of his papers to the university, where they essentially sat in a basement for decades. And so I was able personally to support the hiring of a bilingual curator, or trilingual, you know, English, Portuguese, and, and Spanish, with a, with a library science background, to really begin to get their arms around all the information and all the great things that that collection had. So that was that was a nice overlap with my dad's giving to Catholic, my love of books, what what an alumni publication can can reveal. I had no when I was a Catholic, I had no idea that stuff was down there. I'm not a Brazilian scholar. I don't have any real affinity for Brazilian or Portuguese culture. I just felt that that was something that that needed to be shown the light of day. Um, Another level, another thing that our family has done has been to support the Virginia Hospital Center. Um, they were in need of, of expanding their surgical facilities, creating a couple of new operatories that included both robotic features and in-suite diagnostics so that when a surgery is going on, no one has to run down the hall, get something biopsied or diagnosed, and then run back. You can do it all in the same suite. And, you know, that, 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 that giving that my family did in that instance really was a, was, a, was a great experience for me because 
coincidentally enough, when we went to the grand opening reception, um, I come off the elevator and people are milling about. And my sister comes up to me and she goes, Raphael, there, there's someone who wants to say hi to you. Okay. So I, I, she leads me over and it's uh, Professor Roberta McFadden, who was a professor of mine when I was here. And she, she tells this story. She says, you know, I, I, I came off the elevator at six o'clock this morning for my husband's back surgery. And I saw this name on the wall. And I, I, I wonder, is that, is that any, any relation to, to, to my old student, Raphael? And she goes on to talk about how her husband had been enduring chronic back pain for months and months and months and could not get in to surgery anyplace. And they received a call saying, well, you know, we have these new operatories open. Are you available? Come down. We'll do the surgery, surgery here. And, you know, for me, that was just such an amazing, amazing overlap where something that my family has done to... Um, you know, to support the, the general public, actually had a very direct impact on a member of the Mount family. Um, very inspiring moment. Both of those are tremendous uh, uh, stories, Raphael. Thank you for taking the time to share those with us. Let's take a final break, and we'll be back to wrap up this edition of Live Significantly. We know that you have many options when it comes to giving. So why not choose your mountain home? From enhancing academic offerings to athletic programming, your support ensures that our students continue to lead lives of significance. To make your gift, visit msmary.edu today. Welcome back. We're here today with uh, Rafael De La Rada, class of 1992. Rafael, I, I got an interesting question for you because I know, I know this fits you. What do you love about taking the road less traveled? What do you love about it so much? Well, it's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, quite honestly, I think the expectation for me was that I was always going to go into the family business. That, you know, being an English major, okay, fine, you can do that and have fun with that, but you're going you're gonna to go work for the family business. Um, and it was, it was a difficult choice, really, to, to pursue what it was that I really, really wanted to do. And now that I'm in the family business, I, could, I can imagine folks saying that I wised up, that I finally came around, or that you know, I was just delaying the inevitable, that I would someday wind up in, in the family business. Um, I look at it differently. I look at it quite differently. I feel that you know, most people never get the chance to do what they want to do. Um, or if they do, it's only after many, many years of doing something else or they're at an advanced age, so they're only able to do it for a short amount of time. Me, I got, I got to do what I wanted to do first, and, and I feel incredibly fortunate in that regard. And I feel I have brought a lot of my experience and passions about certain things from the nonprofit world, from my time as a reporter into the into the family business. You know, when when you're working for the nonprofit, uh, you know you're you're begging foundations for money. You are answering all their reporting requirements, um, and it's not just a matter of asking for the money and getting it. It, it. it becomes a true partnership, a negotiation, where you know you are agreeing to perform a certain set of tasks 
for the money that you've received from a, from a philanthropic organization. And I've brought that forward as well, that again, like I was saying, when you're when working with Catholic University or Virginia Hospital Center, or even, you know, I, I created an endowment for, for my old organization as well to give them some sustainable funding if, if they ever come across lean times, you know, it, 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 that also is a great overlap, a great overlap. That's, that's uh, wonderful. Now, now, Raphael, what would be your advice? What would your advice be for a student who wants to break away from what is expected of them? Well, you know, I, I don't want to dissuade anyone from joining the family business. It, it, it can be very rewarding. But I guess I would say if you want to join the family business or if you're expected to join the family business, go get some outside experience first. Um, that being exposed to other bosses, other technology sectors or other industries, different kinds of colleagues, different levels of education among those colleagues, it can really be an, an education in its, own, in its own right. And so when you do inevitably or by choice go back to the family business, um, you've got all that added experience. You know, you've got other examples of the way things that can be done. And you could quite possibly change your family business for the better by bringing some of those lessons forward. For our final question, we'd like to ask our guests, what other words of wisdom would you like to share with our current students? Well, I'd reiterate, be ready to move on. You know, when when your time here is done, you're going to know, but always keep it close to your heart. You know, what, what you've learned here, the friendships you've had, the experiences, can never be taken away from you um, and make the most of it make the absolute most of it one of the great things I think that the core experience as, as I experienced it in the, the late 80s and early 90s was as I mentioned it does expose you to other things it also teaches you how to make connections between things that may not seem readily agreeable you know advances in science have an effect on the perception of art perception of science, the profession of, of philosophy and psychology. All these different things are intertwined. It's part of what makes our human culture what it is. And I think what, you know, what's so special about the Mount experience is that it really works to cultivate that. Um, and so be open to those. Don't you know, grumble about the core course that you have to take that you don't really want to be in because you might find yourself being very surprised about about what it what it teaches you. Raphael, I, I, I want to thank you for your time, taking so much time to talk with us today about how you live, live a life of significance through hard work, dedication, and leadership. Unfortunately, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to visit the Mount's website at msmary.edu backslash podcasts to learn more about how other alumni are living a life of significance. Thank you and go Mount. Thank you.